Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, it is Elizabeth. Welcome back to another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast. And it is another random show taking a bunch of different and a wide variety of listener questions and doing my best to help you get what you need to move towards your goals. As always, I love getting your questions. If you have questions, if you're struggling with something, if you're curious, if something needs explaining, please do not hesitate to email me and I will happily weigh in on your question. Before we dive in, a couple of quick administrative things wanted to remind you that as of December 1st, I will be temporarily closing enrollment to my online courses. This does not affect you if you are already enrolled, nothing will change, but if you go looking for overcoming emotional eating or carb strategies for fat loss, as of December 1st, you will not find them. I will be taking the month of December to make some changes. They will come back in January um, and they will be uh, a bit different and uh, the prices will go up. So if you are looking for them after December 1st, be patient, come back in January. The other thing I wanted to mention, speaking of you guys sending me your emails, someone named Jessica from a Yahoo email address emailed uh, via the contact form on the site and asked about tracking and if I provide templates for tracking. The answer, Jessica, is yes. And the reason that I am answering your question in this way, I tried to respond to you personally, but your email bounced back. So if you are Jessica with a Yahoo email address who sent me an email about whether or not I share tracking templates, yes, I do. And I will link to the post that I have previously written with what I track, when, how often, and the templates I use for Google Docs. I will put that in the show notes. I'm very sorry that I was not able to respond to you. Your email address that you entered on the contact form bounced back, so I really hope that you hear this. Okay, so let's dive in with the first of several questions that we are going to address today. Some of these are mindset related, some of them are very nutrition related uh, regarding sweeteners and which sweeteners are the most fat loss friendly. Um, so we got a very wide variety, some questions about calories, but we are going to start with a question that came to me actually on a live webinar. I was doing a webinar. I think on fat loss fundamentals about a week ago, and at the end of the webinar, somebody asked a great question and she said, you used to be very depressed, which is true. When I was at my heaviest and quite frankly, at other points in my life, I was really, really depressed. It was a dark phase. And she said, do you ever still struggle with that? Do you ever just wake up kind of tired and not really wanting to do it anymore? And by do it in that case, she was referring to kind of like keep trying, keep pushing, keep pushing towards your goals. And I said, yeah, I absolutely still have days where I feel like I'm in a little bit of a funk, right? 
Remember that I say all the time, motivation isn't something that you just wake up with every day and neither is a good mood or a positive focus. So absolutely that is something that I still have to work to overcome. Now, when I was a lot heavier, it was very different. I was in a very deep depression and I felt isolated and I was exhausted by this cycle of try fail, surrender, repeat, do it over, do it over, do it over. And my life in general was pretty dark. I won't deny that. But my attitude, my perspective did improve along the way, not specifically because of the weight loss, but because of the tools that I was actively teaching myself to be in control of my emotions. See, I used to kind of feel like I had to ride the wave. And if I woke up in a bad mood, I just kind of had to deal with it. And now I realize that I actually create my mood. I create my emotions by what I focus on. So when I have down days, and I do, there are days where I wake up and I feel like the journey has been so long and I'm tired. But the difference now is that I take control. And I wrote a blog on this the other day, so it's really great timing, but I want to share with you the four ways that I now take control to make sure that I'm not just a victim of my mood. The first thing I do is check my focus. I use negative emotion as a trigger, a sort of red flag reminder. When I start to feel frustrated or sad or hopeless or mentally exhausted, I train myself to pause, right? I used to just dive headfirst into the emotion. It was this vicious cycle that sucked me in. I would feel bad. Then I'd think about all the reasons that I feel so bad. Then I'd get upset about feeling so bad. And then I'd feel worse. I mean, no wonder life was so tough, right? But now I take a very different approach. When I notice these negative emotions, and they happen, and not infrequently. I mean, it's easy to feel frustrated or disappointed, but when I experience these negative emotions, I have trained myself through practice to ask myself one powerful question, and that is, what am I focused on right now? Pretty much 100% of the time, I'm feeling lousy because I'm focused on things that make me feel lousy. But here's the amazing thing. I can change my focus. That is a choice. It doesn't mean turn off the negative thoughts. It means place your focus somewhere else. If I focus on how long I've been on this journey, what I've had to sacrifice to get here, it's easy to feel frustrated or exhausted. Anybody would. If I focus on progress feels slow, then I'm likely to feel hopeless. But if I don't think about those things, right? I don't have to think about those things. I can choose to shift my focus. If I don't think about those things, I can change the way I'm feeling. I can choose to focus on the many, many, many things in my life that I have to be very grateful for. I can choose to focus on how proud I am that I've made any progress at all. I can choose to focus on what a blessing it is to be healthy and well enough to be able to make improvements in my life, right? That is not something that is guaranteed to me. So I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to make changes at any rate. I can choose to focus on my excitement and my enthusiasm and my anticipation about what is ahead and how I can take my body to the next level, the things I have yet to create. I can focus on those things by choice. The second way that I really train myself to break out of this funk, and again, this is something that you practice, and the more you practice it, the more intuitive and instinctive it becomes. 
Practicing gratitude. This is one you hear all over the place, so much so that it almost seems a little cliche, but there's a reason you hear it all over the place, and that is, it's true, it works. When you get into a funk, pause for a moment and write down three things for which you are tremendously grateful. But here's the catch. Don't just list them like, I'm grateful for my kids, I'm grateful for my job, I'm grateful to have a roof over my head. That is not going to make a difference. Don't just go through the motions. Think about them. Visualize them. Think about why you are so grateful for them. Feel the joy and the peace that they bring into your life. Don't just think, yup, I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. You have to choose to feel it deeply. And that comes from the intensity of the focus you bring to it. Think about what it brings to your life, how it makes you feel, how fortunate you are to have this thing or this person or this relationship or this ability. The third thing that I do to kind of break out of the mental funk is accomplish something, right? Accomplish something. And this is where my life has changed so much from where it used to be. When I was at my heaviest, I would wake up feeling really down, right? I was disgusted by my body. I was frustrated with my lack of progress, by my lack of self-discipline. And I would get sucked into that vortex of feeling and I would mope around all day long. I was too sad to be productive, right? And that essentially kept me trapped Right there, in that feeling. Now I know about myself that I feel better if I am productive. Now, when you're in a funk, you don't necessarily feel like, you know, changing the world. So I will start with one small thing that I want to accomplish. Tiny little thing, right? Maybe it's making my bed. Anything that is going to feel like a small win, make myself feel just a little encouraged and productive. Maybe it's just, I'm going to sit down and have a nice cup of tea, or I'm going to fold this laundry. I'm going to do 60 seconds of meditation, whatever it is, folding some laundry, it doesn't matter. You want to eliminate that negativity, that feeling of hopelessness, and one of the best ways to do that is just achieve something little, something very small, and then do it again. And then the fourth thing the people that are closest to me in my life, they, they know this about me, sleep, right? One of the powerful things that my tracking document has shown me is that 90% or more of my mental funks hit me when I'm tired. And these days I have to stay really mindful of how rested I am. And if I get that late in the day snacky urge or I start going down these like little negativity holes, right? I just have to ask, am I tired? <laughs> Is it time for me to go to bed? Like being aware that the whiny toddler just needs a nap. We have to do that with ourselves sometimes. Like, I have to go to bed. Nothing good comes from being sleep deprived. And many times we just create these mountains out of molehills emotionally because we're tired. So anyway, yes, I still have mental funks. This is a long-winded answer, but my response is strategic and it's practiced. My emotions do not control me. And I've shared with you guys before that one of my affirmations is I am in control of my thoughts and emotions. It's a choice to change your focus. All right, the next question um, is related to the What I Ate Yesterday segments. Those generate a lot of questions. But this one says, your eating always seems so clean and on point. Do you ever have a bad day and how do you deal with it? Yes, I have what are bad days for me. But my bad days for me are nothing compared to what they used to be. And this is not because I have rock solid will. It is because I have years of practice, years of practice. I'll be honest, my eating now is really clean. I'm not hiding anything from you guys. I'm really not. 
This is, again, though, something that has been very practiced. And one of the biggest things that has allowed me to be consistent in the way that I eat, and then I'll give you some specific examples of of days that aren't so good for me, is this notion of pleasure versus pain. And I know I've talked about this before, and I go into a lot of detail about this in the course on overcoming emotional eating, but... 90% or more of our decisions are made on the subconscious level. This is how we can multitask and get a whole bunch of things done kind of at the same time while not bringing true focus and attention to the little things that we sort of do on autopilot. The reason we are able to do that is because 90% or more of our decisions are made without our conscious mind really being engaged. Now, our subconscious has one primary aim, and that is to to ensure our survival. It wants to keep us alive, and therefore, it is always going to seek to avoid pain. Now, historically, in the past, when I was at my heaviest, there was so much pain associated with weight loss. It was restriction, deprivation, frustration, missing out, all of these things. And so when my subconscious had to make the decision, ice cream or no ice cream, ice cream always won because I had subconsciously built up all of this pain with skipping the ice cream, skipping the Mexican food. It's not fair. It's not right. This is hard. All of this. So the food would always win. Now, how did I change that? Through my affirmations and not just saying my affirmations, but really feeling them and being excited. And I have a mental exercise that I go through every morning where I envision my ideal body and I envision it in a particular outfit. And the way that I do it is I envision myself waking up feeling my body, like my hands on my body, getting out of the shower, putting on this outfit. I envision the way I pull the pants on. I envision the way I zip the boots up. I envision the way my body both looks and feels, and I do so with great excitement. So I've pretty much rewired my pleasure-pain relationships so that when my subconscious has to make the decision, ice cream or no ice cream, there is way, way more pleasure associated with the achievement of my goals than there ever could be with ice cream. And that's saying a lot, because if you guys have been listening for a while, you know how much I love ice cream. But I chose to rewire my pleasure and pain associations. And if I start to feel this is hard, this is exhausting, this is frustrating, everybody eats so much junk and I can't have any, I understand that that is working against myself. That is creating pain associated with good choices. And I'm very quick to stop myself and say, this is a gift I give myself. This is a blessing. This is allowing me to transform my body in ways that many people will never do, in ways that many people will only wish for and never do the work. So this is a gift and I'm very, very quick. I will not allow myself to create these pain associations. But with that said, bad days are relative. To me, a bad day is when I make choices that in hindsight, I really wish I hadn't have made. Then I'm sort of like, Elizabeth, come on. That's that's not the kind of practice you want to have in your days because whatever we do is what we pattern ourselves to continue to do. So for me, a bad day of eating is when I'm not as disciplined as I want to be because I know the danger in that is reinforcing that as a habit and making it more difficult to overcome. So you guys will probably think back a few weeks uh, to what I ate segments And I feel like I kept saying over and over again, yes, I had hormone-free Greek yogurt. Dairy doesn't love me back. I really need to dial this back. And then on the next episode, I'd be like, yeah, I had hormone-free Greek yogurt. That went on for probably like two months where I really knew that I didn't want to be eating it. It doesn't make me feel very good, but I was choosing it anyway. 
and that would be, for me, not such a great day. It doesn't make me feel good. And more than that, it just demonstrated a period of not having the type of control that I wanted to have, sort of letting my momentary desire overcome my long-term desire. So that's an example, and I will say that it's been about 23 or 24 days since I have had any dairy whatsoever, so so, I, so I've been able to beat that one. Um, but, you know, it's, it's always little things like that. Or on days when I eat too many nuts, and I share that with you guys, like totally went overboard on the nuts. They're a trigger for me. Um, but yeah, I definitely do, and it's just a mindset thing. I don't freak out about it. I don't bring all this negative attention to it. I don't beat myself up. It's not, it doesn't do anything, right? It doesn't help me at all. At all. If you're struggling to get back on track, listen to Tuesday's Bounce Back Mini Sewed Strategy Workshop. And the reason it's really a workshop and not like a typical podcast episode, because I created basically a template for you to create your guide to getting back on track. So please check that out. I think it's very, very, very powerful. All right. The next question is, what does food you love that love you back really mean? So I say that all the time, that my number one food rule is I eat foods I love that love me back. And so a question came in, what does that really mean? And that's an awesome question and something that definitely merits some more explanation. Foods you love is pretty pretty self-explanatory, right? It's foods you look forward to eating so that you don't feel deprived, so that you don't feel like you're missing out, right? You want to look forward to your meals. You want to feel like you really enjoyed it. But it's also about foods you feel good about after you've eaten it, right? So you don't want to like have the pint of ice cream because you look forward to it, but then feel awful afterwards. That's not a food you love. You want to feel great about it and really enjoy it while you're eating, but also feel really great about it afterwards, both physically and emotionally, right? Foods that love you back means multiple things. A lot of people think it's just limited to not getting sick or not feeling bloated or not having an allergic reaction, and that is not it. That's one part of it. Foods that love you back means many things. Foods that make you help you make progress towards your goals. If your goal is fat loss or your goal is energy or your goal is gaining strength, foods that love you back are going to help you make progress towards your goals. Foods that do not help you make progress towards your goals do not love you back. Also, foods that love you back means foods that make you feel physically great, right? So they increase your energy. They do not make you crash. They make you feel physically lean, so they do not make you feel bloated or constipated or heavy. Foods that love you back, and this is where people often screw this up, foods that love you back are foods that satisfy you. They satisfy your hunger. It's not just, this is tasty and I don't feel guilty about it, but then I keep going and going and going, like nut butter or dark chocolate or protein bars. Foods that satisfy your hunger so you don't feel like they cause you to eat more and more and more and more and more. And also foods that eliminate cravings instead of triggering cravings. So that's what it means to eat foods you love that love you back. The next question is a really important one, and it is about calories. So this one came in via email, and it says, my question is about calorie deficit. All of the online calculators that I have found so far provide calculations for a 10 to 15% calorie deficit and state those figures as the number of calories you want to stick to for losing weight at a healthy rate. My 15% number is 1,400 calories, 
But what's the concern if I go lower than that, say even a thousand? Wouldn't that help me lose weight at a quicker rate? Oh my God, no. No, 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 no. That will create hormonal chaos and screw you up. And here's something I really want to point out. Those online calculators and even your reference to them, you are talking about losing weight. I'm going to take a gander and say, you don't want to just lose weight. You want to burn body fat. You want to burn body fat. You can take off a heck of a lot of muscle at that at that rate with a thousand calories and lower your metabolic rate and never be able to eat normally again or have so much hormonal and metabolic damage that you struggle for the rest of your life. So if that's the path you want to take, go for it. That's a quick way to do it. I want to really emphasize that when you create a calorie deficit, it has to be minor. When you create a calorie deficit, your body has to make up for the energy that you didn't provide from food. And we tend to think, oh, great, that means burning body fat. Not so fast. When you create a calorie deficit, your body has four options. Four options. Fat burning is only one of them. 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 Your body has for making up for this calorie deficit. Number one is fat burning. That's what we hope for. Number two is muscle burning. You do not want that. That is going to um, really impair your body composition and not like you're going to have that kind of skinny, fat, flabby look and it's going to lower your overall metabolic rate. Not good, not good at all. But those are only two of four options. The third option is putting your body in what I call metabolic neutral. Metabolic neutral. And what I mean by that is this. Have you ever been in a car when it is about to run out of gas and so you shift it into neutral to conserve fuel, right? Most of us have been in that situation before. Okay, so what happens is when you put your car in neutral, it conserves all of the energy. It downshifts everything. Well, that is one of the four options your body has when you drastically cut calories or even it's an option when you moderately cut calories. And so we see a lowered metabolic rate. We see lower thyroid hormones, lower adrenal hormones. We see uh, a stress response that we will experience as increased hunger and increased cravings. And then the fourth option is all of the above. You want to be in fat burning mode. You do not just want to see the number on the scale going down as you trash your body composition and you trash your hormones and your metabolism. That is not good. That is a very short-term strategy and it's a short-term strategy for the high of seeing the numbers on the scale move and the low of realizing that your body looks way worse than it did before and you've done damage where you're always hungry, you're always cravings. I am going to link in the show notes to a very important episode. If you have questions about calories, you need to listen to the episode on why calorie counting doesn't work because calories are only one part of the equation. How do we determine that our body, how, how do we make sure that our body chooses option number one, fat burning in a calorie deficit, and not two, three, or four? We want to set ourselves up to burn fat in a calorie deficit. How do we do that? By choosing foods that balance our hormones, period. If you just focus on the calories, you'll really be cutting off your nose to spite your face. So please, please, please listen to that episode on why calorie counting doesn't work. All right, the next question is totally different, and it says, Can you give me some advice about sweeteners? Sometimes I want to add a little sweetness, and sometimes I do that via sweet onions or carrots or another sweet vegetable. Sometimes I use reduced balsamic vinegar, sometimes Truvia, a stevia brand. 
and sometimes just plain old sugar, honey, or agave. How would you rank these options in terms of fat loss friendliness? Note that the stevia I use is not pure. Here's the, and and then I want to make sure that I emphasize, he says, um, I tried pure stevia once and found it unpalatable. Let me just say one thing about stevia, and this is the product development geek in me. If you buy stevia that is less than 95% rebodiacide A, and it's usually listed on the back, less than 95% rebodiacide A, it will very likely be pretty bitter. If you go above 95% rebodiacide A, it will be far less bitter. So we'll say that via stevia. When it comes to fat loss friendliness, the, the differentiating factor here is the impact that it has on your blood sugar. So we can't really just say, oh, well, carrots are definitely a better way to sweeten a soup or a sauce than, say, honey, because it's about the sweetness that it brings. If you have to use, you know, 60 carrots, whereas you could use a quarter of a teaspoon of honey, that's the difference. So we have to look at the total impact on our blood sugar. And here's what that is also going to depend on, what you are consuming it with. If we were saying we're comparing a tablespoon of all of these things eaten in isolation, that would be comparative. But if we're comparing different amounts and in different combinations with different amounts of fat or protein, there's no way to say, oh, this one is going to impact your blood sugar more than the other. Obviously, of all of these, stevia is going to be pretty low on the spectrum because it doesn't contain sugar. It's a it's a non-nutritive sweetener. And so it's really beyond the cephalic phase insulin response, which is hardly measurable in most people. It's not really going to make much of a difference. But we can't just say, unless we are saying in isolation in the same exact quantities, what has the biggest impact on my blood sugar? Then it's really tough to say. It's relative to what else you eat during the day, how much of these things you use, and in what combinations you use them in. But this is what I really want to emphasize. Ask yourself the four questions that I talk about often. Does this represent an improvement for me in my life? How do I feel when I eat it? Does it give me the results I want? Are you seeing progress? If you're using balsamic vinegar and your body is responding, that's absolutely great. Keep doing it. Same thing with onions or with carrots or even with honey and with sugar. Is it an improvement for you? Is your body responding? How does it make you feel? And do you enjoy it? All right. I, I, I think that it's real, those are all really great questions, and I, and I want to make sure that we keep in mind that when we look for black and white answers, we're usually missing something significant. Nothing is black and white. Nothing is black and white. All right. Let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Before I do that, I want to say this. My weekly workouts, the summary of every day of my fitness, are at the bottom of the weekly emails that come out from primalpotential.com. I've gotten some emails from people saying, I'm not seeing your weekly workouts. Two things to check. Did you scroll all the way to the bottom of the email? Right, number one. And number two, is it going to your promotions folder or your spam folder? So Gmail is a, is a big offender with this. Don't let Gmail separate us. Check your promotions tab to see if the primal potential emails from me are in there. Drag the email from the promotions tab over into your inbox and then click yes when it asks you about future emails, okay? Because the workout summaries will be in those. Um, Anyway, what I ate yesterday, black coffee. And I want to say this, I've gotten a bunch of questions about why are you not drinking Bulletproof anymore? 
over the summer I was doing cold brew um, because it was warmer. And so I wasn't going to like do cold brew with oil because when it's cold, it'll separate. And so uh, over the summer, I was just doing more cold brew and I got in the habit of drinking it black. And I am moving back towards warm coffee now that the weather is getting a little bit cooler. So uh, maybe I will start doing some MCT oil. But uh, because I'm cutting out dairy, I'm not doing the butter right now. Uh, so so that's kind of why that happened. Then I had a really weird breakfast. It was just what was in the fridge. I had some spaghetti squash with bison and uh, tomatoes on it. That was just what I wanted and it was easy. Um, and then I had a steak salad and an apple a little bit later. And then dinner was some um, pork with a big saute of a bunch of different kinds of vegetables. So that is what I ate yesterday. If you have questions, I want to hear them. Please shoot me an email or respond to one of the VIP emails and let me know how I can help you, how I can encourage you, how I can take your journey to the next level. Hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.